and welcome to The Dad Whisperer. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson, and I'm so thrilled that you're joining me here again today, especially if you're a dad who wants to add more tools to your fathering toolbox. And as you know, my passion is to help bring dads relevant topics that support the goal of you becoming a hero to your daughters and your sons. Well, before we delve into our topic today, here's the template that I use every week to guide our conversation, which is simply on your mark, get set, go. So dads, I want you to envision yourselves standing side by side each other, getting ready to run your fathering race this week. And I'm on the sidelines as your coach saying on your mark, which is the topic of the theme, get set is filling that in with stories and stats and go is always your practical action step so that you can put your love for your daughters and your sons into action this week. Well, today I have a guest coach joining me by the name of John Lynch. And John and I first met back, oh my goodness, I think it was 2011, when we both spoke in an eating disorders conference in Colorado. And then last year, we found ourselves standing side by side as speakers, joining together at a men's conference. And when I heard him speak again, I was reminded why I love this man's heart so much. He's a humble, vulnerable, authentic, and refreshing leader who has influenced countless people across our nation, and he's had a powerful impact on my life personally through his writing and speaking, and that's why I wanted him to join us here today. You're going to love him. Well, let me tell you a little bit more about him before we get started. John wrote his own story in a book titled On My Worst Day, and he has co-authored other books such as The Cure, True Face, Bose Cafe, The Cure in Parents, and The Devotional Trust for Today. If you want to listen to a really powerful talk of his, just Google the words Two Roads. It's awesome. It's on YouTube. It talks much about what we're going to unpack today, but it'll do it in more detail, and you'll love hearing his heart and seeing him talk. John has also acted out his message on tour with the band Mercy Me. He's created conferences for several thousand fathers and sons at Men's Roundup. He and his wife, Stacy travel around the country, and they delight in their three children, Caleb, Amy, and Carly, along with four grandchildren. If you want to connect with him, you can go to his website at johnlynchspeaks.com. Well, John, I'm so excited that you're joining me here today. Welcome, John Lynch. Oh, Michelle, thank you. I need to take you around the country with me, <laughs> if you wouldn't mind, just with that introduction. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I know that we're heart friends, and so I'm so Absolutely. grateful that you're here today. And you know that we've, we've spent some time unpacking what we want to talk about today. And the On Your Mark title for today is Fathering from the Room of Grace. I know no one else, and I really mean this, John, who unpacks this topic of what it looks like to live in the Room of Grace live out from the room of grace and father from that place. So you've heard me tell you too, that one of the things I so respect about you is the way that you lead and you love your daughters. And I know that your wealth of wisdom today really underscores that new hashtag girl dad. You are a girl dad, aren't you? (laughs) Very much. Thank you. Well, there's so much that we could talk about, but how about if we just dive into this concept of the room of grace and what it means, because you have put this into, I would say, a vocabulary that's, that's on the lower shelf where we can all understand it. How about if you just unpack what is the room of grace? Well, grace, it's a way of seeing. It's a way of living. It's a way of parenting. It's a way of life. I give the definition, grace is the absolute and unforced favor gained by Christ's death and resurrection, allowing God to be completely for us and endlessly in love with us, apart from anything we must 
prove. Mm. Grace is an actual realm, a way of life in which we no longer strive for acceptance. We mature and heal and are released into His intentions by trusting that Jesus and all of His power and goodness is now fused into us, creating an entirely new person. Mm. And and so out of that uh, working definition mm-hmm. uh, comes all that way of seeing parenting, uh, that, that I'm, I'm trying to earn my daughter's trust so that I can influence her, mm-hmm. so that I can have the permission not just to talk at her or give her edicts, but to convince her that I'm for her and that I believe in her and that I'm, that I'm convinced that if she trusts me, she will get the best of me. Yeah. If I if I'm just being her cop or just being that guy, then she will she will honor it. She will uh, comply, but it will never grow her up. Mm-hmm. And so I I keep her under this moralism uh, that allows her to respond from the flesh, but not from a new nature. So I'm all the time wanting to. Use grace when grace says in Romans six fourteen, sin will not be master over you because you're no longer under law or moralism or buckupism, but you're under grace. And yeah. so I'm trying to how do I woo out her new nature to come out and play? Mm. And and that's that's been the great desire of my heart as a dad. And obviously, we're all learning this. We're all yeah. struggling at wait how do I do this after I just failed there, yeah. you know? So, so it's been a beautiful, beautiful ride. I now have uh, three adult children and four grandchildren, Stacy and I do. So we're just delighted on this ride. Oh, I, I love how you just said, I want to woo out her new nature to come out and play. I mean, That's honestly, right. I, right. you know, I grew up, you know, evangelical with lots of rules and regs. I never would have thought that grace was paramount to coming out to play in my new nature. Like, that sounds so that's free. Right. Oh, it, it, and that's what grace is. It, it, if grace allows me to sin less and, and love more, mm. and if, I just work, if I'm working on my sin all the time, I don't sin less. It never allows me to trust God more. I'm just performing. Just just that simple thought of if I could convince us uh, or, or have God's convincing that it's less important that you prove to God how much you love Him than to learn to allow Him to love you. Uh, it is wow. it's what every single parent wants most. And, and so if I can do that, if I can, how do I draw my daughter's heart and uh, earn her love. Because I'm not wanting her to prove herself. I just want her to let me in to love her, to give her all the influence and all the care, all the wisdom, insight, discernment that I might have to free her, protect her, and love her. I want to give her that, but I, I know I can't get it until she allows me. So I'm wanting to have a relationship where she learns to allow me to love her. Mm -hmm. 
And so what does a dad do, though? You mentioned that concept of performance, because, again, we all know that our relationship with our earthly dad, right, gets projected onto our relationship with God as a father. And you talk about that room of good intentions being where performance matters, but in the room of grace, it's where you take off the mask and you just know that God delights in you. I'm always struck by the fact that you use the word wild. He's wildly in love with you. You know, it's this emotionally bathed kind of interaction which is so foreign for most of us. It's like, how, do you, how does a dad not make the performance issue so much of a priority when he's trying to reach his daughter's heart? Uh, it's so, so good. Well, for, first of all, this one is not a gender issue, right? Exactly. It's a, it's, a, it's a gospel issue. Do we believe that the shed blood of Jesus has actually taken away my shame identity and given me a brand new nature, that I'm fused with Christ, that I'm not a loser, I'm not a failure, I'm not a mess up, I don't have to perform for him. Christ dwells in me. And so I'm not a saved sinner. And I get permission to stop using the language of one day I'll almost be enough for that God's disgusted with me. And I get to maybe Um, consider finding a church where the pastor's not dangling a carrot in front of me saying, maybe someday, one day, uh, you ought to be. Mm -hmm. Instead, I get to believe I'm actually righteous now. I'm actually holy now. And so, are you kidding me? Yeah. Not not only is there not any condemnation, he actually likes me. Yeah, yeah. He digs John, he digs John Lynch, <laughs> and I go, I, I go, I question his taste, but I, <laughs> I don't, I don't question his character. Right. So, so that's what I have to act. It comes back to believing the gospel. Is yeah. this true? Instead of beating myself up. Does he take no pleasure in that? And the answer is, yes, he takes no pleasure in that. He says, would you let me love you and know and enjoy how wildly beautiful and strong my love is for you? See, see, love is the process of meeting needs. I think men are afraid of it because it sounds gushy, but it's it's just the process of meeting needs. And he says, we were all created with limitations so we could get loved. And if, if I don't let you love me, I never get loved. If I never let you meet a need, I never get loved by you. Mm-hmm. So, wow, I want to be a person who is saying, bring it on, you guys. I, I have plenty of needs. I have, yeah. I have plenty of limitation. Bring it on. I'm going to trust you with, even, with me, even though you are fallible. Here's one of the realities that's the way God's wired it. I'm pretty good at helping others. I'm pretty clueless about myself. Yeah. And, and and I need others. And my wife sees me more clearly than John Lynch sees himself. Yeah. And, and so I have to learn, will I start trusting someone who I know is fallible, but sees me and has my back and is for me and will not throw me under the bus? Mm-hmm. Uh, do I trust them with me? And that's what I want to do with my daughter. Right. I can see her. I can see what she's going through. I want to earn that trust 
so that she'll say, Dad, Dad, you see me more clearly and I see myself. I'm, I'm listening to you. Yeah, that's powerful. Me. Wow. Well, you didn't say this exactly, but welcome to Venus, where we read between the lines, right? Men read lines, women read between lines. What I heard you not saying, but saying, is that if a man, if a dad is living out this kind of reality in his relationship with Jesus, knowing that he's fully loved, fully embraced, fully delighted in, that he's going to father differently, but it has to start in him first. Is that what you were basically saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. He, before you can be anything but a um, uh, a well-intentioned dad, you will have to believe these truths of the gospel, these truths of grace, of identity in Christ, of that you are fused with Jesus, that you are absolutely loved on your worst day, that you are a brand new creature, that you're not a saved sinner who's striving hard to be enough. That theology is the starting point. It's not a fad theology. It's been there from the very start. Uh, but I, it's been a hidden theology for a while now. Mm-hmm. And we have had a, man, a man-made uh, sin management theology that has kept us from loving and being loved. It's kept us performing. And so you said it exactly rightly, Michelle, so beautifully. It will start with the dad and with a theology and risking to embrace it. And, 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 and I would recommend, uh, amongst a bunch of other books, our book, The Cure. Yeah, I love that book. I'm looking at it right now. I've got it in my hands. Uh, it's a great starting point to be able to say, are you kidding me? I've never even heard these things before. Exactly. But it, and, and then The Cure in Parents kind of does that same thing, but applied to parenting. But the whole, you're exactly right. And then I can come to my daughter and be able to say those wonderful things to her about earning her trust mm-hmm. and she goes she'll she'll say where's my dad and who are you but, but <laughs> exactly then, then she will just respond and such she's waited so long for it and and john maybe you've had different interactions than i have with men but i don't know if i can honestly remember a conversation that i've ever had with a man or maybe a couple you know, maybe maybe you and Paul Young, maybe that's it. But where a man has told me like he really knows and believes and feels that God is enthusiastically in love with him. I mean, where where does a man start? What would you tell the man listening who says, I have no idea where to even start to get to that place where I can invite and accept and embrace God's delight in me? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it, it is... It is immersing ourselves in those biblical truths of how God sees us and 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 not seeing the Gospels or not seeing the New Testament as a book of condemnation and rules, but seeing it as a book that never condemns me. Mm-hmm. It never, it always builds me up. So I take off the moralistic filter off the Scriptures, and I start to read it from that place of saying, oh my gosh, if I start with that reality that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, I'm a brand new creature, I was crucified with Christ, and if I take to the exact extent that my Father loves me, Jesus said, so also I love you, if I read through those irreducible verses 
and read the scriptures through that lens, mm-hmm. it's, it's a great starting point. But men have been lied to. Every commercial tells us that we're not enough. Right. And we've been told we're, we're clueless as parents and we'll never catch up. Many preachers tell us we're behind and that we're disappointed mm-hmm. to God. And, and the things that we can do to make things right in business don't seem to make sense in our faith. Yeah. And, and so we get to say, so what if God delights in you and your hard work, but he wants your hard work to be as a result of your respect? to his love and what he's done instead of trying to perform to make him happy with you. Mm. If we could if we could start there yeah. and and realize, are you kidding me? Yeah. All along you've just wanted me mm. and you are crazy about me on my worst day. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll you'll never punish me. Yeah. You adore me. And you go, yeah, but after what I've done, he goes, yes, yeah, but mm-hmm. remember what I did. Remember what the cost yeah. is. Yeah. So that, that's a starting point. And honestly, John, if, if that right now is the only thing a man takes away from today is that he's fully loved right now on his worst day, Amen. doesn't have to perform, that would be a game changer for men. Oh, if that could be believed, yes. it, it not just changes parenting, it changes the way they work and yeah. see everything. Their marriages, their, their delight mm-hmm. of when they're alone with themselves, yeah. uh, sexual sin, all yeah. those areas. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, if you're just joining us today, welcome. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson, the Dad Whisperer, here today with my friend, author and speaker, John Lynch. And we're talking about fathering from the room of grace. So John, I would love to just Turn the table a little bit back to you and say, what in your own life has opened up this profound concept of understanding what it's like to live in the room of grace? There has to be a backstory. Well, well there, and, and there is. I, um, I came to Christ at 27 and out of an atheist family. My dad was a mental mm. atheist. And, and, and honestly, it was the freest that I had ever been. I believed what I just said, that Jesus adored me, that he was great. And I was just, but somewhere in there, um, I, and I did this to myself, no preacher, nobody else. Within nine months, I was miserable trying to recapture his faith. Mm. And, and, and it caused me to become an incredible Pharisee of how high, how much, how, how do I do this, and judging other people for not doing as much. And, and honestly, by the time I graduated from seminary and started preaching, my messages were just filled with moralism. Hmm. But I, I stumbled into a community here in Phoenix, Arizona, where I ended up pastoring for 30-some years, and now my son's the pastor, Open Door Fellowship. Hmm. I stumbled, and it was an environment of grace. These kids didn't know the language well, but they were trusting who Christ said they were, and they were trying it out, and they were loving more and sinning less, and they were having a blast. Mm. And I fought it so hard, but I had several friends, Dr. Norm Wakefield and Bill Thrall, of course, and I just got so tired, and I started reading the scriptures I was tired of hiding and bluffing and faking and seeing God disgusted with me. And I, I really believed he was, he was actually saying, John, I'm going to expose you. I'm mm. going to, I am. It's just a matter of time. And finally, this, um, Brennan Manning wrote the Ragamuffin Gospel. And I love I, that book. I read, oh, I read it just as I was going through Ephesians, and I got through to Ephesians 2. 
And I said, guys, we're not in Kansas anymore. I, I, yeah. I'm going to trust this grace, but I only know what I'm talking about. Right, right. And that's been, and that's been the last 35 to 40 years of my relationship with this church, and now with me speaking all over the place, mm-hmm. has been making sense of those truths. You know what I so appreciate about what you just said is here you're a pastor, you're a seminary graduate, but you're admitting, you know, I was a poser, a faker, I had the mask on. Oh. And it's like, man, yeah. if we could have more leaders that would would admit that and step into it, right? I, I think not even even just pastors, but fathers in your home as leaders, admitting to your kids, admitting to your daughter, I blew that, forgive me, take the yeah. mask off and let real yes. relationship begin well one of the things they, I s- they are yeah go ahead go ahead well they are so predisposed and hardwired to to follow us even more closely if i'm winnable and if i own my stuff mm-hmm. and if i admit to them hey this was about me right now not you and i'm sorry they they, they yeah. won't we won't lose respect instead they'll just go how do i follow you yeah. heart to right. wherever you'll go Right, because more is caught than taught, so you're modeling that. Well, before we're done, one of the things I so wanted you to do today is to read one of the posts that you've put on social media, because I've been following you for years, and the way that you affirm your daughters publicly, Mm -hmm. literally, I Mm -hmm. save your posts because they're so impactful. And for the dad that may be listening that says, I'm not as gifted in words as John Lynch, I don't even know what I would ever write. What would it sound like to write from the room yeah. of grace as a father? Would you be willing yeah. to read one of those posts just so dads could hear it? Absolutely. And this will be a short one. Okay. But one of the beautiful things about affirmation is is I can give it freely because it never puffs up the heart. Instead, it humbles the heart and mm-hmm. causes me to want to do more of that for which I was affirmed in the setting that affirmed me. So, so it's it, it, we are we are just generous with affirmation of each other. Anyways, I got to uh, on her thirty first birthday. I got to say, Amy, happy, sweet, wonderful, magical thirty first birthday, precious, beautiful daughter. Who is like you? On my last birthday, you gave me an entire month of daily surprises for many friends, gifts, and letters of affirmation. It was the finest gift I have ever received. It has changed the way I see my life. It's given me courage to do right, even when it will be hard. You do that. You are a thoughtful lover to so many. You study, need, and you enter in. You doggedly see our best, even when we no longer can. You are funny, genuine, playful, and incredibly safe for my heart. I'm amazed by you. I truly want to be the person you believe I am. Most of your friends and family might say the same. Uh, you have matured into such a bright light of Jesus in you. They say the goal is that your kids would exceed your goodness and health and ability to love and receive love. Amy, I watch you carefully. He has done that in you. I love you with all my heart. And I want to be there for every stage of caring for you and your family well. Love, Dado. Oh, my goodness. Okay, that's going all the way in. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. And I know we're running out of time. So, John, can I just ask you one last question? Because I end every show with a go step. 
If you were looking at a dad across from the table right now, looking into his eyes, what is one practical way that you would encourage that dad to take action this week to father from the room of grace? Absolutely. Um, I had three down, but let me just give one. Okay. Is what if you ask permission to take her somewhere alone and then to ask permission, would you let me affirm you? And then look into her eyes and tell her maybe two wonderful truths about God as you uniquely made her and how you've seen it play out. Mm. So to, to give practical examples, my daughter, I've seen this. Um, you are a protector of those who um, are ignored. And I watched it this week. Uh, you're kind. Mm-hmm. You did this, and and to be able to look into her eyes and explain that, yeah, it it will allow her to believe your love, yeah. and trust your love, and it goes deep, deep inside. It does. Oh, that is so good. Well, on your mark today has been fathering from the room of grace. Forget set. You've heard from my friend, author, and national speaker John Lynch. And for your go stepdads, put into action that challenge. Set a one-on-one time up with your daughter, look into her eyes and affirm her with God's truth for her, and then tell her how you see it lived out. As always, you can go to my website at drmichellewatson.com where I have free resources. You can sign up for my bi-monthly Dad Daughter Friday blog. There's a link also to Amazon where you can find my book, Dad, Here's What I Really Need From You, a guide for connecting with your daughter's heart. You can also subscribe to the Dad Whisper podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Well, this wraps up another week's program. It's been great to be with you all today. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson, the Dad Whisper signing off and encouraging you to make today a day where you are intentionally and consistently investing in pursuing your daughter's hearts. Go dads. 